Welcome to AM Best Audio. Recently, the Nature Conservancy and WTW launched the first ever coral relief insurance policy in the U.S. The parametric insurance product, which is designed to fund repairs following hurricane and tropical storm damage to coral reefs in Hawaii, is provided by Munich Re. I'm Lori Chortis for Invest TV, and joining us now to talk about that is James Duna, Managing Director of Munich Re Capital Markets, and Reguvir Minakulu, Munich Re's Head of Climate Insights and Advisory. Welcome. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell us about how you got in contact with the Nature Conservancy and had you previously been part of ensuring natural structures? In terms of ensuring natural infrastructures, I think the part uh, we have been uh, focused on the topic of risk mitigation for quite a while. That's kind of core to the insurance business. So in, when we start talking about nature as a solution to mitigating the risk, I think the Nature Conservancy is uh, an organization that came up with after Superstorm Sandy. They estimated that about $625 million of losses were, were averted because of the coastal wetlands um, in, in the Jersey Shore. So it's clear that nature plays a role in terms of mitigating this risk. Now, this is something that our models would implicitly uh, consider when we when we calibrate our models for storm surge and riverine flooding however i think with the with the frequency and severity of the risk increasing um, we we also see that we have to maybe explicitly consider some of these uh, nature-based solutions and even think about restoration of of some of these uh, natural infrastructure so we started working with uh, the nature conservancy in uh, probably around 2018. And uh, uh, we have done a couple of white papers, uh, including a journal article in ecological economics, um, where we focused the, one of them on the, um, the coral reefs and, where, and how they can um, be instrumental in reducing the damage across on the coastal uh, regions across the world. Um, but we also, uh, what we showed in that is we, we said there is a concept where we can kind of combine risk mitigation and risk transfer and showcase the benefits of this uh, a natural infrastructure on the risk reduction um, in the coastal regions. So then we actually took that to the next level and said, well, if it can be done at the co in the coastal regions, we also can showcase something in the inland regions. Uh, inland flood is is a major uh, issue, even in the United States across the world. Um, so when we talk about um, some of the inland wetlands, we, we also have na nature-based solutions like levee setbacks. So we, we partnered with the Nature Conservancy uh, over the Missouri River and showcased how uh, a project which the Army Corps and the Nature Conservancy did in terms of a levy setback after the 2019 floods, it actually uh, can provide significant benefits because the Army Corps estimated that the standard of protection of that levy actually improved from a 50-year to a 200-year protection level. So when we factored those benefits in terms of 
the risk reduction. We estimated the premiums of 1,500 homes, approximately 1,500 homes uh, over the Missouri River and uh, as a community. And, and we found that about 55, 55% of uh, premiums could be reduced, again, showcasing it as a community where all the 1,500 homes are insured for flood and factoring, factoring in this nature-based solution as a levy setback as a risk mitigation into this. So we, we, we're clear that nature plays a significant role and we wanted to, um, we, we have showcased that with the partnership with these multiple papers. What goes into the calculations of ensuring a natural structure and what did that look like in the case of the reef in Hawaii? I think we have to first explain what it is that we're actually covering, okay? So the, the, uh, the first step is always some kind of assessment, some kind of risk assessment. And in this case, it's, it's, um, people probably think of this mostly in terms of what do you do with a structure in a hurricane or a flood or that kind of thing. We're really talking about ensuring the Nature Conservancy's efforts to maintain and restore reefs in Hawaii. And their objective has to do with sustainable economic development in Hawaii. So in a way, the reef is sort of an indirect beneficiary of what, uh, of what the Nature Conservancy is doing. The, the kind of uh, insurance that we've provided to the Nature Conservancy is called parametric insurance. And parametric insurance looks first at the peril and only subsequently at the loss. And the structure is designed to respond to the peril and it's designed to relate to the loss. And by the loss, it's damage at the, at the reef, but it's also the, uh, the scientific efforts that they undertake to restore the reef. Um, but we're, we're, not, uh, we're not insuring the, the reef exactly. We are giving them an insurance policy that responds to intensity of windstorm in and near the, the reef. Just expanding on that, can you tell us more about the new coral reef insurance policy in the U.S., how it works, and what triggers a payout? Yeah, so, so as, I, as I indicated, it's, it's a windstorm uh, intensity trigger, and the, the idea is that, uh, you know, along that whole, that whole spectrum of starting from assessing the risk and figuring out what you need to mitigate the risk, the Nature Conservancy is focused on trying to... Uh, use the reef as a barrier to protect inland people on land right and and development on land and the economy on land um their direct efforts are at uh you know restoring the reef and protecting the reef strengthening the reef whatever it is they have to do with the with the indirect uh, goal of protecting people on land and all that we are doing is assessing what the impact of the wind and the storm surge would be on the reef and writing a cover that responds to the wind and, and therefore indirectly to the potential losses on the reef. Does Munich Re expect to ensure more natural structures in the future? And how great is the potential of this business model? I think that what we're, what we're seeing 
with the, with the advent of climate change as a topic of conversation is that um, what used to be taken for granted, for instance, uh, uh, a wetland, you know, you know in, in New York, you have uh, the Meadowlands, right? On the New Jersey side of the Hudson. And I think in the past, that is viewed as something that is kind of a nuisance and maybe something that can be converted to direct use, maybe paved over and built on. And I think what, what's happened is over time, people have begun to understand that, uh, that the wetlands in particular uh, provide a protection for the dry land, right? So that to actually pave over the wetland undermines the security of activity on land. So I think that what's, uh, what's first happened is that people have become aware that they, they can't, you can't convert everything to direct use and that you can use uh, wetlands and coral reefs and uh, uh, barrier islands as a means of protecting where you where you do, where you do live and where you do conduct economic activity. So once once that happens, and particularly in an era where people are worried about rising sea levels and and increasingly uh, greater numbers of intense storms, I think it's it's occurred to people that what we need to do is we need to use these uh, natural emoluments as a protective barrier. And part of what we're doing here is recognizing that that needs to be protected in order to indirectly create a sustainable on-land economic development. I'll add a bit here, uh, Laurie. Um, I would say one of the, as part of as being a reinsurer, what we look at is the underlying risk. And the underlying risk is a function of the hazard the vulnerability and the exposure. Now we know that the exposure is either either constant or it's increasing. Um, the vulnerability of our building stock is is uh, getting worse unless we um, actually change it um, in terms of building codes and so on. And that's not an overnight thing. And we know that the the hazard which is the frequency and severity of the storms that we have alluded to, um, that's increasing too. So when we talk about this model and take these three components, uh, as a reinsurer, we always have to start thinking about uh, the fundamental of insurance says that if the risk is increasing, we have to manage that. That is either done, either uh, the best sustainable way of doing that, as James alluded to, is saying, how do we mitigate that risk? And if that can be done in with gray infrastructure, sure, but is that economical enough? And if nature provides a more sustainable solution and much um, uh, cheaper in terms of the economics, I think we, we it's it's a more uh, practical solution that we will will be uh, focusing on in the future. So. Overall, we're not doing anything different than what uh, we as a reinsurer do, managing the risk and communicating the risk. And if there are solutions we can provide accordingly, uh, we will be absolutely uh, promoting something like that. How big a part does climate change play in your insurance calculations? And have you seen an increase in climate change related policies in recent years? When we talk about climate risk, um, again, it goes back to my earlier point of the underlying risk and um, 
And when we take the insurance as a risk pool, uh, we know that with this increasing frequency and severity, the risk is increasing. And so we will have to manage this risk and reduce. And risk mitigation is uh, the the ultimate solution. And if we have to address uh, what someone would call it the insurability, but we would call it the affordability. Because ultimately, insurance is a risk pool. So insurability will always be there as long as there is a price attached to it. Uh, what would matter for an insurance and a reinsurance company is the, um, is the rate adequacy. So when we talk about something like the protection gap, which is the difference between the insured and the economic damages, um, we know that that gap is significantly high for perils like flood. And if we do, if we want to make sure that we want to uh, narrow that gap, or at least make sure that the the gap the gap does not widen more, then we actually have to focus on um, balancing between the affordability and the rate adequacy, and that can be best done again with risk mitigation. So, um, in terms of uh, climate change, I think. What insurers and reinsurers are doing and will be will continue to do will be using their understanding of the risk and uh, providing solutions that are critical and uh, and focused on the topic of risk mitigation. Uh, that will be again um, a more sustainable uh, solution in the future. The questions are all surrounding this this risk transfer, this policy. I think it's, 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 as Raghavir says, that's sort of the last step. The first step is you have to be able to recognize that the risk exists and be able to assess it, right? Of course, and we've worked with organizations like the Nature Conservancy in doing that. The next step is then to, it's not simply that you take that risk and unload it on somebody else because there may not be someone to unload it to. So what you have to do is you have to stabilize the situation. And that's what mitigation is all about. So it's, it's a very simple idea. It's, uh, you know, uh, situations where you don't allow people to build too close to the water, right? Or you, you recognize that you have a need along a river. You need to have a need for an easement so that water can uh, travel across it. If you build housing there or you build uh, any sort of commercial venture there, that what, that's going to become uh, flooded. And that's not, that's not sustainable either. And if you can find that balance between what you give up uh, in, in terms of mitigation, like where you don't build, for instance, or what you give up in order to create a sort of a protective barrier. And then in the final step, you transfer what can be transferred. Now, in this case, what, we, what we've done is we've, we've taken the risk that, that exists, we've converted it, and of course the, the conversion is always a little bit loose. You've converted uh, a, a natural uh, uh, situation into an economic situation. And then what you've done is you've tried to um, figure out what it takes to keep that stable. And that's basically, is that simple. We do an analysis of the peril, which is hurricane, and we figure out what impact hurricanes are gonna have on the reef and therefore indirectly on uh, economic development on the land. And essentially we figure out what it is they need to buy and what it is we're, we're able to, to provide. That was James Duna, Managing Director of Munich Re Capital Markets, and Regivir Vinakulu, Munich Re's Head of Climate Insights and Advisory. For AMS TV, I'm Laurie Chortis. 
Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.